Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is going to work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's going to make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. Welcome to Game Week. This is 11 Personnel. I am Nick Roush, joined by Adam Luckett to preview Kentucky's season-opening kickoff game against the Warhawks from Monroe, Louisiana, before UK kicks off at noon against ULM at the Krogue. We got to thank our good friends at LaRosas because there's no better way to prepare for your tailgate than with our good friends from the best local pizzeria in town. Sports are back. You deserve every single second to enjoy it all. They're ready to make it memorable with crowd pleasers that include an order of up to 50 wings for all your friends or an extra large pizza or two or three or 17. Well, Rosa's has it all. They will make your game day a guaranteed hit. Visit us at LaRosas.com to order pickup delivery or join us in our dining room. Take your Catterday to the next level with Rosa's. Luck it. Our long national nightmare is over. We have college football. Before we get started here today, Nick, which, by the way, shouts to LaRosas. If you're looking for some late-night pie for LSU, UCLA, Clemson, Georgia. Nevada Cal. Nevada Cal, some Pac-12 after dark. Hit our guy, hit our hit our people up over there. But first of all, we got to start with – I just saw this tweet. Um, I believe this is a guy who's on that podcast with SEC Mike. He quotes tweet that South, the South Carolina is starting graduate assistant Zeb Nolan. And it's a picture of Paul Blake, the quarterback from Necessary Roughness, the 35-year-old they bring off the pitch, which is just what this what Twitter was made for. But, man. so Zeb by the way, no- this kid's wearing number 25, I believe, or I think he changed oh. his number, but his practice number was 25. Oh, God, that'd be hilarious to see a quarterback wear. Like, I think I think 22 really is as high, like, and, and that's because of our Jared Lorenzen bias. Anything higher just seems weird. Yeah. Virginia had a guy that was wearing like number 36 last year, and that was really weird. It's just off putting. Um, But yeah, Zeb Nolan, yeah, I guess we will start there because it's worth mentioning. Louisville fans are so confused by this because they were getting in trouble for having graduate assistants practice with them. That was one of the things that Dino Gaudio was trying to uh, hold over Chris Mack's head uh, to turn him in. And. Here's the thing, folks. A graduate assistant, like, I, yes, technically Zeb Nolan was a GA, but Zeb Nolan also had another year of eligibility because of COVID. He could use that waiver. Like, it's, yes, he's a graduate assistant, but he's a graduate assistant with eligibility. This isn't like 
your typical GAs who have exhausted their eligibility. It, I, I just thought it was funny how they were like, well, they can have a guy start at quarterback, but we can't have him play. Like, it's funny to make the jo- jokes, but like that they, they are different. Yeah. Um, just the whole how this thing is like, Zeb Nolan played at Iowa State, left, went to North Dakota State, was going to sit behind Trey Lance last year. Um, but COVID happened. FCS played a spring season. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance dipped out to enter the draft. Right. Nolan became the starter. And he was not – I mean, he was not good. He got benched after seven games. And then North Carolina State put somebody else in, and he wasn't going to be the quarterback anymore. So he hung up his cleats was going to start coaching. And wasn't even working with the quarterbacks. He was working with the wide receivers as a GA. They get to camp. Their quarterback gets hurt because somebody steps on his foot. Like, he didn't get hurt in practice running around. He got uh, – somebody stepped on his foot. I'm, I'm assuming a lineman stepped on his foot. Right, during like pass pro or something. Yeah, yeah, and broke his foot. And so, South Carolina looks around. They only have two other scholarship quarterbacks. One is another FCS transfer. The other was a true freshman – like a mid three star recruit. And so they go, Hey, so they have a couple practices and they're like, well, this ain't going to work. <laughs> they bring out Zeb Nolan and now he's start. I just can't believe it. I think that's just, Oh man. It's it's wild. I, I cannot, I cannot believe he's going to be starting a game. What's even funnier too. I, I didn't realize he was working with the wide receivers. Something about South Carolina, they just recruit receivers that play quarterback to carry yeah. on joiner. Played some quarterback for him last year. Luke Doty was a wide receiver before moving to quarterback. So, man, Shane Beamer. What? No yeah, wonder some, that. No wonder the administration didn't send, spend much money on that guy. We mentioned there's some Joker Phillips stuff going on. Like back when he took over, there was like two years in a row where every receiver Kentucky took was a like high school quarterback. <laughs> like none of them play receiver. They were just trying to, I guess, <sighs> get that uh, that um, Randall Cobb, Keenan Burton kind Athleticism. of magic, right? Yeah. But it did not work. But yeah, that's Gosh. that's what that that's they ha- that's what they have over there, in South Carolina. It's just now they play FCS Eastern Illinois. Yeah, so they get one. A, a but next week they go to East Carolina, um, and I think we're gonna touch on East Carolina later. Oh, but that's that's a uh, that's a game I think they can for sure lose. So yeah, um, they need Doty back fast, and that just kind of shows what kind of state that program is in right now. There's, the total was three and a half for a reason. Season one total. <laughs> Well, let's get to Kentucky football. Uh, this is the final week of game week prep. Uh, Mark Stoop spoke with the media yesterday. There was a much anticipated wait for the depth chart. Look at what what jumped out to you when you you finally saw that that first official depth chart, which wasn't technically official because they had to edit. They were they meant to have Demarcus Harris as the second Z receiver instead of Chauncey Magwood, which was kind of a sign that the coaches don't make the depth chart. It's just uh, maybe someone else is over there making it. Right, like, oh, right, you made right. a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it wasn't a huge take. It was about what I thought. Um, the fact that Devontae Robinson is really kind of the only Sam Nickel player they have right now without Vito Tisdale and Joe Williams. Like mm-hmm. They just stuck Marquez Bembry there. It's like, we'll play Sam. We'll, do, we'll right. go bigger. Uh, right. Um, and now that – it does ahead. like other the other safeties can play that position too. You know, like yeah, you can Jalen kick- guy. Uh, yeah, you can probably slide Geiger down there maybe or Dodge Dotson. I mean, who knows, right? 
Right, right. Like any, even if you don't move them down there, you can put them at free and move Asian down to nickel or or Corker. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, that's that's expect. You know, like there there are ways to wiggle around, but there's no denying that right now, as we currently sit with six players sidelined stemming from that March six accident, they're thinner in the secondary at that position. And Quandre Mosley is just the backup cornerback for both spots. It was Drew Phillips was going to take one of those. So you are running a little thin at DB right now. Yeah. If you, I think you can get away with three outside cornerbacks. If one of those three guys got banged up, specifically one of the starters, they could Mm -hmm. potentially maybe be in trouble. Right. So that's definitely, excuse me, definitely going to be an area of concern or worry entering the season. Mm -hmm. Then elsewhere, I mean, it was, it was about what ex- expected. I, I thought we see Wollaball over De- DeAndre Buford at left tackle too, um, but mm-hmm. Buford was there. But I think it's also important to remember if they, if someone else plays left tackle, then Rosenthal is probably going to be Kennard kind of sliding over, I would imagine, and then yeah. Flax taking over for right tackle. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of where we stand. But really, really what you expected there on that first depth chart, no real huge surprises. A lot of seniors, mm-hmm. not a lot of freshmen. Uh, you know, obviously, Trevor Wallace is getting involved. Yeah. Uh, Khalil Sanders, he's one of those guys that has uh, – what's the word? I'm, like, he was raising all sorts of hell on scout team, and they were like, okay, is this guy doing well just because he's on scout team? And then they've gotten him involved in some of the, you know, reps with the twos and stuff, and he's still been well. And I think that's one bucket that he was taken as sort of a project – but has exceeded early expectations. I think it's yeah. good to know that he's done that well this early in camp. Yeah, I think long-term at his position, there's three guys he's looking up to right now. When you look at Octavius Oxenine, Abulia Body Fitzgerald, and then Isaiah Gibson. So playing, it's going to be hard. But, I, I mean, it seems like a redshirt year where maybe he can play a few games. Mm-hmm. Um, but similar to like Carrington Valentine, he's hitting checkpoints as a true freshman that are kind of – Good to see when I think when these coaches talk about some of these freshmen like that, that's something we should monitor moving forward. That that's probably going to be a guy that maybe as a second year player or a third year player, it's going to have an impact. Maybe not so much as his freshman, but there's a guy that they're that seems like they're excited about. Uh, elsewhere, as far as guys who will or won't be available, Nasir Watkins suspended for the first four games of the season. He had a uh, knee injury last year that kept him out most of the time he's played a lot of football so i would expect him to have a role but uh, i mean you you just don't know at this point you know he he might have gotten himself way too far behind the eight ball we don't know but go ahead and mark him off the list scratch him off the list for the first four games of the year mm-hmm. uh, jj weaver they did take the red jersey off him last week which is good to see so that means you know He's full contact go, in practice. Right, right, right. And also, like, the old saying, you know, you aren't going to play if you don't practice. Well, he's at least done some of that. They're going to keep him with snap count. I can't imagine him playing a ton against Monroe, but I, I can see them getting him out there, getting his feet wet, letting his toe, you know, just just play around a little bit and see how things go back there because he, mm-hmm. he's going to play a significant role for this defense this fall. Yeah, uh, to me, I'm – conservative approach for me with J.J. Weaver this year, just a major injury. You know, people have come back and done awesome off of it, but I, I'm i just proceeding with caution, I think, and let's just see how he does these first few games. 
before we get a little too ahead of ourselves there. But I think other than that, though, it's good to have him. I mean, it's better mm-hmm. than alternative. Oh, right, right. Because then you got two, you know, solid bodies there with him and Jordan Wright there at that weak side jack linebacker. So um, it's sounding like, Nick, that they're pretty healthy right now, mm-hmm. to our knowledge at least. They haven't really had too many concerns with injuries. Yeah, might have to turn out, trot out a different uh, punter, but, you know. It's... Yeah, but then Snoop said on his radio show last night that he's going to be re- – because he said on Monday that he would have to see it practice, but then he said on his radio show he's going to be ready to roll this week. Okay, well, good. Wilson Berry. So, it sounded like they're having him. If you, I know a lot of people were not super thrilled with the kick return operation last year. Just putting Zach Johnson back there and pretty much fair catching almost everything. Mm-hmm. Soup's kind of confirmed that that's kind of what they're going to do again this year. <laughs> and so, I, I thought maybe we could see one of the younger skill guys maybe get a, a crack there, maybe making some plays happen. I always thought Travis Tisdale, that could potentially be a role for him. Um, but it sounded like they're just sticking with uh, the, the former walk-on super senior, Zach Johnson, there at kick return. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's – I like Zach Johnson more on kickoff, though. That's that's where I prefer him. Yeah, he's oh, good re- at covering kicks for sure. Punt return, I know he said they'll rotate, but I hope it's Wandale just from uh, – I, I think it's going to be. Yeah, um, I mean, you got that guy, the, use him, you know. And the Nebraska-Illinois game, a lot of that was – the big reason why <laughs> Illinois won was hidden yardage in the punt game. Oh man! Okay. And so fielding play, and we—I mean, like that's why we talked about Charles Walker was awesome. He saved Kentucky so much yardage, and I think specifically in 2017, he had a like Kentucky. If you look at, they didn't grade out well that year, but they won a lot of games because they won a lot of close games, and I think Charles saved them a lot of yards in some of those. And then last year, we saw some of that go away. Ali wasn't great at filling some of those kicks. I think Wandell could give them a little more confidence in doing that, and I think he could be a guy that probably is the main punt returner for most of the season. But, yeah, we can get to Illinois-Nebraska well, if you let's, want. I, I just, I'm going to say, too, before we dive headfirst into it, there, there's still things going on with the, the six guys and their charges. I, it's been talked about at length. We don't need to dive into it anymore. But, um, you know, all that stuff's out there. You had the guy say that, Vito took a polygraph. Yeah. I, I will say the whole, here's 20 guys that we think it is, and then we're going to search 12 guys' phones, and then we're only going to charge six. Seems like they were really spraying the board there. I, you know, that that feels shaky at best, if that's how the process went about. It makes me – it just makes me question the process. Um, so, I, I don't know. I know they're claiming that Jatan McClain was a guy that never got out of the car, just drove the guys there. If that's mm-hmm. the case, I you know – what's he even doing off like he should be playing next week he should be playing right now if that's the case yeah i mean especially if the charges burglary like you can't force your way into a house from somebody's car unless you're driving through it so my big takeaway was this was finally heard something from the the other side yeah yeah so now we've got uh the other people uh the other side talking through wdrb Mm -hmm. and then the players kind of talking through um, this guy, uh, what's his name escaping me? Denny uh, Butler. Denny Butler, who's yeah, been on yeah. um, Matt's radio show the last couple of days. Um, so that's well, now there's some public information at least, and we'll see. I'm not sure when the next court thing is, but right, we're just we'll see where that kind of waiting and seeing. So ho- right. hopefully that's get expedited. But one of the fun stuff: Illinois versus Nebraska. Like it. 
I mean, I should have known going into this game that the first points of college football were going to be a safety. Did not expect it to be that hilariously achieved, but it's it makes perfect Big Ten West, West football sense right. for it to just be a dumb special teams mistake gets one team on the board. Yeah, that that entire game, like, it was kind of coaching malpractice. And then I think Bielema and his staff, I think they did a really great job um, coaching that. Like, they coached that team to a win. Nebraska really had no excuse losing that game. Like, I, I kind of dug in the roster after the game, and I was like, these players should be better. Um, I know they've lost some transfers, but they should be better. It's just – that's tough, man. It seems like in Nebraska, they lose every game like that. And I was um, – an analytics um, Twitter account I follow, I think it's Sports Source Analytics – kind of tweeted out kind of like when you look at kind of their success rates, their yard per plays number, their explosive play rate, like Nebraska should have a much better record than they do. Um, but their turnover margin is awful. Yeah. And their hidden yards, yardage and like special teams numbers are awful. Well, when you're, uh, I think the record's like seven and 15 or something like that in one score games. Yeah. I, I mean, think it's like four and 13 or something. Yeah. Like I that. mean, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. that's coaching. Like, Yes, you have – sometimes football happens, the ball bounces the wrong way, you know. But, like, if you look at Mark Stoops' record, I think he is 11-4 and four since 2016 in one-score games. It's coaching. That's discipline. And when you're grabbing a ball and throwing it out of the end zone for uh, on a punt return to try to not get safety, to only to safety, like, that's that's bad coaching. That is Scott Frost saying on Monday, quote, about half of our game plan was out the window when they lined up how they did. Like, what? It's yeah, the first I, uh, week. Like, that, that happens. I can't believe he's even saying that. That happens every – like, you do not know exactly what it's going to be, especially with a new staff where Beal has been with the Patriots. You know, he hasn't been a coordinator uh, recently. You know, he, he's been doing, like, offensive line gigs in the NFL. So, to go out and say that, I would almost rather my coach – just not be so honest because you sound like a moron, Scott Frost. Yeah, I don't want to hear that because you've got a senior quarterback in his fourth year in the same system. Yeah, like, dude, like, Adrian Martinez be seen, he's seen every front. I, I like that. That is just An it's excuse. just lame excuse making, and it's you know, like I don't know, man. It's just it's almost coaching malpractice. Um. <laughs> It's just bad. I, I just – it's just bad. He's still got – I don't know, man. I just – I don't know why he's never gone out and, like, gotten a legit, like, gone and paid for a defensive coordinator. I don't know – I don't know why, like, you know, Martinez has just been up and down, why he didn't go get, a, like, a grad transfer quarterback. Yeah, like, I, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't add up. And the part that really – doesn't make sense. I get that you you definitely have like when he was at UCF. In a lot of instances, there was just more athleticism. There was more talent. Well, he was also a one hit wonder, Nick, and that's something I've kind of floated out. Like Jamie Chadwell, people love him. People are breaking like scheme people on Twitter, like saying how awesome his offense is and all this. Like it was one year. Like I want to see the like when I evaluate these coaches, I want to see it year over year. Frost got – they just got hot. They got hot in one season. He had an awesome quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then he left, and everybody crowned him like he was – like, on that coaching search, it was like he was, like, 
the hottest name you could be. And Tom Herman was kind of the same way. He had two years, but in that second year, they showed some flaws. They lost three games. They really had no business losing. Um, and they got up for big games, and they then they did not get up for other games. And that's and that that's exactly what happened at Texas. They were up for big games, but then there were the random games that they should have won, and they didn't. Um, and so, so for these coaches, like I think we just overreact to them sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you can go, like I think Old Takes Exposed has sent it out. There's tweets out there of people after one season they're claiming Frost is going to be like a know, dynasty builder, right? Yeah, it's just we just and that's a, a lot of times you just don't know. But because both those hires, Herman and Frost, like it made so much sense, mm-hmm. but you just don't know. And all these small sample size, um, I just. I pumped the brakes on because it's just one season. And you're right. They had the best roster in the conference and they just got hot that year. And so when you go in a conference and you don't have the best roster, you know, what can you do? The, uh, the, I, like I had somebody the other day, cause you know, I'm at, you know, I'm, I'm joyfully tweeting during Scott Frost demise and somebody was like, Man, you just hate him for no reason. I, I wouldn't be this hot and bothered over Juan Dale. But dude, that was one piece of the puzzle. I was more it, for me, it was even more personal that like yeah. how they were praising Scott Frost when it's like Jeff you, Brom, my you felt your family member should have got that. Yeah, is I know. doing the same thing, but he's already done it in that division. Like he he was rocking and rolling for the first two years there and then he gets injuries at quarterbacks there's some excuses to it you know he's lost some games he shouldn't have as well but like there's it he at least went to a freaking bowl game like nebraska and that was at purdue he's at nebraska like that's the part that kills me is it's all of these coaches that everybody just gets behind and just crowns that that was your work this anointed one this hot name in coaching those guys just drive me nuts. And it's all because it's cheap, low-hanging fruit. It's an easy story to write because he was the quarterback there. But you know what? He hadn't done anything, okay? And that's what drives me nuts. And I also like to kick Nebraska and keep them down because they are very similar to Tennessee. I love to hate on these programs that live in the 90s. Nebraska, it ain't coming back. It ain't. You can get close. You Be grateful for what Bo Pelini did for you because that's you're, that's where you are right now. You can be an 8-9 win team. You can go and play in a few Big Ten championships, but you are not who you were in the 90s. Tom Osborne ain't walking through that door with a bunch of dudes on roids and five-foot-tall shoulder pads and tearaway jerseys. That just ain't happening. Those days are done. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons for that. TV, one. 85 scholarship limit, two their location and then i nebraska had top 15 recruiting potential in the big 12 because they recruit they could recruit texas right that was taken away when they went to big 10 but they still have top 25 recruiting potential i think realistically they can achieve that every year um but a thing i think nebraska and even jeff brahm at purdue's had trouble with is it's hard to recruit speed in that division yeah yeah it's just hard Nebraska tried to go to South Florida and similar to Kentucky, it just didn't work. <laughs> they just didn't work. They, yeah. they weren't a, it, culturally, it wasn't a fit, I guess. A lot of guys left. It just didn't work. And so when you look around the division, you look at how Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern win games. You look at how Iowa is on a hot run, how they're winning games. You look at how Wisconsin has done it for, you know, a decade now. Like it's all about, you know, building, building an offensive line and defensive line playing smart, sound football, um, establishing the run, and then mm-hmm. just getting a little bit of passing game. 
And I just think that's kind of how you have to win there. And I think that was probably the biggest thing with Frost is just that, that the style of ball, I don't think suits um, that division. And now when you look at where Kentucky is, Stoops is kind of perfect for that division. I mean, he's playing Big Ten football yeah. in Lexington. And, it, and it's and it's more palatable, too, in the SEC, even though there has been more passing as of late. Things have really opened up offensively. I mean, you just – like, the stereotypes are true to an extent. And that's what makes conference realignment not as fun because it's fun to just say the Big 12 doesn't play defense. Big 10 West just runs the football and punts. Like, it's fun to have these generalizations. But you can generalize to an extent because a lot of it is true. You know, and um, it's it's almost been square peg round hole in a lot of instances. And it's a lot when Mark Stoops talked on his radio show yesterday. It's you know he was like talking about hiring Cohen. He's like, who wouldn't want to be Oklahoma? You would love to be Oklahoma's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was making this decision, I have to base it on like who, what talent you can get to like Kentucky, like what players you can successfully recruit, and for like. The Big Ten West, I don't. It's just hard to kind of that that high flying offense. I mean, even Chip Kelly has kind of changed. They're becoming a lot more run heavy now than he ever used to be. Yeah. Um, well, I think some of that's because DTR can't throw a know. football. Forward pass struggles with him. Well, I, well, and I think it also gets to Nick. What we talked about this offseason is that defenses are getting smaller, and so yeah. there's there's avid there's more advantages. I think if you're able to successfully you know scheme up a ground game, and I think that's what you're. I'm kind of seeing it. I think that's what Kentucky's going to – we're going to kind of see from them this year. Uh, I do need to mention, too, while we're talking about it, like what the hell were all these people thinking playing West Coast teams at noon on Saturday? Like, do they not know that there's like, – you can air things in prime Yeah, time they too? should have gave us a one – Like the like Miami – sure. like the UCLA uh, against Hawaii. Hawaii has no business playing when the sun's out. Yeah, well, and apparently nobody in Los Angeles wanted uh, wants to do anything at noon on a Saturday in Pasadena. There was no, there was nobody there. Um, I mean, there was. Uh, there will be more people at the Saint X Mill game Friday. Yeah, yeah. In the KSR's game of the week than there was in the Rose Bowl that day. We intervene our college football talk to tell you that Saint X, you're going down. Look at you can suck it, uh, but I'm excited to go. Uh, we will be there live and in person. Hopefully, you come hang out with us. Look at I, I. I haven't run this by you yet, but are you open for a little Tim Tam pregame? I'm always open for a little Tim Tam. Okay, good, good. So no if, you, if you want to come hang out with us, the local watering hole right across the street. Uh, we'll get there what six o'clock or so. Come hang out. Yeah. Do, might even open up a little Q&A on the Instagram, Facebook story, something like that. But we're going to have a lot of fun there. Excited for some high-octane high school football action. We're lucky. Say next is they are for real this year, but They're like – banged up right now. All right. Chuck was being a jerk about it. Is Micah Carter going to play? I haven't heard. All I've heard is that they've had multiple starters out. Now, mm. I've – I don't think he ha- – I don't think he tours ACL, which is long-term okay. the best yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I I, know, I don't know that. Um, I'm hoping to find that out when we go to the game on Friday. Um, but they are – they're, they're going to be out multiple starters is what I'm hearing on defense. Not great. Um, and I think Mel, Mel – I think Mel um, – yeah. there's some question about Sayla Brown, whether he's going to play or not. Yeah, he's – he, I forgot what they – how they described it, but he hasn't really – played much at all like he hasn't played this year he tried it out a little bit in the summer and mm-hmm. 
tweak things those are, up. So mm-hmm. and those, those are, are kind of the two prospects. And then there's an offensive lineman for male. Um, again, he's either a sophomore or junior that Kentucky's. Well, he at. he's out too. He's out for Is the he? year okay. with the shoulder. That's um, right. Yeah. So uh, I, I, now. That doesn't mean they're still not talented players. Many, uh, uh, is it Vinny Anthony? Is that, is that yeah, correct? The, the receiver, receiver going to Wisconsin. Yep, mm-hmm. he plays for Mail. And then, um, man, I do like saying next quarterback though. He's a scrappy dude. Little both, guy. Both quarterbacks are um, solid high school quarterbacks. Yeah. Not, so, so with these defensive injuries, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, a shootout take place. Oh man, wouldn't that be great? Like, I mean, if if it ends up getting to like last week where. Uh, we we go down to a final kick, and that game against Lexington, that Lexington Catholic game didn't end until like midnight because it was yeah, because it was a doubleheader, right? And it was too hot to play early on. So I don't think we'll be there to midnight, but it would be great if we did in dramatic fashion. So hopefully, y'all join us out there at um, Reverend Brother James, whatever it is. It's like, Brother Will Stadium. Is Come that okay? Is that do y'all always shorten it to something because it's way too many words? I don't know. I don't know what they call it. It needs to be Brother Bob Stadium. It, do, it can't be Reverend Joseph Brother Bob. It's like 17 <laughs> words. Just I don't just, think they have a nickname for it yet. Maybe well, we should get to working on that. Maybe we can right. name it for them. We, we aren't good at naming things, though. <laughs> that, that is one thing we are not good at. It has not, to happen bre- organically. Yeah, just, that's can't true. Force those things. Brevity, not exactly our strong suit either at times. But um, we do have a ton of games happening this weekend. Uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Kentucky, Louisiana, Monroe at the end of the show, but I, I want to get right into talking about the Saturday slate or not even the Saturday slate, the weekend slate. It's we got five days of football and there's no better place to just crank up the action on your football Labor Day weekend than by getting in on some of the action on my bookie. Thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season. If either team scores in this NFL season opener, you win. So think about this. This is for the NFL. though. This is for next week. But Bucks Cowboys. Yes. So a game hasn't ended 0-0 since World War II. So you're going to get money no matter what. Just head to mybookie.ag, lock of the season. And any team scores between the Cowboys and Bucks, you win. I mean, it is it's just 10 bucks. Boom. That that's all it takes to enter some of these. You're going to win with mybookie.ag. They've got a, a ton of Exclusive contests, including their $100,000 super contest. That one's only $10 later. I'm sure that this uh, lock of the season has a maximum wage, but you can't turn down those promos where it's just free money. You can't. And in my bookie, you can play from anywhere. You don't have to be outside of the state of Kentucky to play. So get an account with mybookie.ag today. Use our promo code personnel and instantly receive double on your first deposit. That's right. Double your funds and then go double your winnings with some of our picks. That's the promo code personnel to double your first deposit and get started with my bookie today. But anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Look it. There hasn't been a game in the NFL in 0 0, but my God, Virginia Tech and Wake Forest did that a few years ago. And we've got one of the best memes of all time for Frank Beam. Oh, Frank Beam, that is great. They end up going overtime and settling it, but man, that is just hilarious every time I see it. And it's always appropriate. Like it's one of those memes that you it doesn't get used often, but at the right time, it's always like it's the only meme you can use sometimes. That and was it the Virginia guy who was uh leaning over yes. the the wall, Virginia Notre Dame? I want to say mm-hmm. that's correct. Gosh, hilarious stuff. Hilarious stuff. So like it. 
I know you've got some locks. We don't need – I don't want to go through every single game, but Thursday night we've got a pack slate. Uh, I don't think we're going to get to watch Tennessee lose to Bowling Green because Bowling Green is very bad. That would be fun. It's going to be a really ugly game as far as, like, color-wise. Brown and orange, orange and white, just a lot of just – you know, it just – that is an ugly color game. Well, I didn't just, even think about that. Yeah. yeah, it's not not a very good color game. Uh, Ohio State, Minnesota, though. We got a Fox game. Mm-hmm. And uh, CJ Stroud's debut for the Buckeyes. Am I, is, am I wrong in my hesitation on CJ Stroud? I think he's pretty good. Okay. So I'm probably wrong. I'm just, you know. Yeah, I mean, you never know. But what I've seen, what I've heard. But they're pretty good. The best game of the night, though, should be well, I mean, heck, the other two might even be better than the ones I mentioned. And that's East Carolina against Appalachian State and Boise State Central Florida. Yeah, Boise State UCF is the game there. I think I'm going to have maybe a little action on both of those. That Boise State UCF total, I think it's 68 right now. It'll be at 78 and a half, 68 and a half Ooh. right now. I like that under a lot. Um, Boise State's got a defensive head coach, Andy Avalos. UCF, Gus, you know my my feeling on his offense. I think it's going to be kind of an odd fit with Dylan Gabriel. No, but he's the Messiah. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the Messiah. The oh, uh, next great, you know, he's going to change college football. Was that Dennis Dodd who wrote that? Who? It was either Dodd or Thamel. I can't remember. I think it was Dodd. Who said that Gus Malzahn is the future of college football. It's like, buddy, he's 10 years in. Yeah, we literally had those same articles about Gus in 2014. <laughs> yeah, like what are you doing, Dennis Dodd? God, bless. yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 total is a little high for my liking. Be our first underplay of the year. Probably gonna fire that off. East Carolina App State, though, that's uh, I don't think you can call it a rivalry, but it's in state. There's a, a lot solid of the regional game. Yeah, and, and they're they're both the unheralded like chip on our shoulder we don't get enough respect kind of card deal Mm -hmm. it's at app state both have Uh, a rich uh, football history both have had a lot of success right so well actually that's in charlotte nick they're playing neutral unfortunately oh man we're not going to boone which by the way boone produced one of my favorite games whenever the the snow game and all the wind yes app state georgia southern maybe that was just uh, oh when they had drinkowitz yeah man that was something else but uh App State, East Carolina. Uh, I'm, I think I might be playing the Pirates there. Ten, ten and a half points. That's a lot of points. Since we're here, we're, our money line picks. This is it this week. Whoa, East ten Carolina and a half points plus three twenty. Wow, I'm high on this East Carolina team. I think they're. I think they leg, have a legitimate shot to beat South Carolina at home next week. Wow. This is a big year for them. Their head coach is in year three. Holt Naylor's is a senior quarterback. He's played a lot of football, four-year starter. I just think they have some of the pieces in place. App State's breaking in a brand-new quarterback. Chase Bryce is going to be their quarterback, I believe, the Clemson slash Duke. And he was bad last year at Duke. I just – I think East Carolina could be due for a special season. Now the – this wasn't my favorite week finding a game. Yeah, but. this was a little tough because there's not a lot of big dogs. Right. Like if the if the dogs are out there, they're pretty large. Uh, but I yeah, but I like East Carolina. App State's got some moving parts. Uh, they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator as well. The guy who was on Louisville staff, Frank Ponce. Mm-hmm. I just like I think I like the Pirates here. I like their continuity. 
there. I think they've, I, th- I think they're going to have, they're going to break through and go get to a ball game this year. So I'll take it's plus 10 and a half with that money line plus 320. So mm-hmm. lock in the purple pirates. Let's see if we can get a nice score early in the week. So I was, when I was looking through, cause we don't want, you know, like this is going to be a dog. It's got to be a dog. Cause I, I I'm, I'm really that UCLA line. It's tempting. The Louisiana Lafayette one, I think that that they're they did this a year ago and they upset Iowa State, right? But the line has dropped eight points, and I just, that just I can't go that much with the public. And I also think yeah, that Sark, it's a very public dog, especially weeks one. You got to watch yeah, some of those public dogs. I don't I don't trust it. And the way Sark like. I think he'll have this team much better prepared than folks expect. They might, I, I don't think they'll cover, but I do think they'll win um, mm-hmm. that game. So what I'm going with, I'm going with a statement win on Sunday night. Down go the fighting, fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Florida State at plus 225, seven and a half point dogs at home. This is where you can rally the fans back to Tallahassee. And, and and get a big one is Notre Dame tries to transition out of the Ian Book era. I'm not incredibly confident in it, but I feel like that that's a fun enough underdog play to make on a Sunday night when that's your only game going on. I actually got it here at Nick plus two forty. So I'm gonna write you down for plus two forty. Okay. Florida State. You still got seven and a half, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you got Florida State plus two. I like that one. That's that's a sneaky team, I think, this year. They've got some talent now, thanks to a lot of those transfer portal additions, plus some good recruiting. No, it feels like a big reset year for Notre Dame. Like Jack mm-hmm. Cohn does it, that feels pretty safe option at quarterback. They lost a lot off last year's team. Um, Florida State's gonna have more speed in that matchup. Huge that feels like almost like that a couple years ago where Notre Dame went to Texas. Texas beats Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Texas and then you get that back. juice for the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And then they just it also, go five and seven. And, yeah. and Miami did this. Now, it was in the middle of the season. But, like, this is Notre Dame beating them every once in a while when they're not good is how a team in the ACC, like, says, we did it. You know, yeah. like, so I, I can I definitely can see a, it, a, a barometer. Yeah, um, and it's also base. can give you false confidence too, just because mm-hmm. you beat Notre Dame, even if they were good, bad, indifferent, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, so I kind of like our money line picks. I do too. I think both of those. I think some things are going to have to bounce right, but I could see both those teams winning those games. Yeah, like you can close your eyes and picture both happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just, get and it's um Thursday Sunday, so you're going to be able to watch both those games really. Um, the favorite night, part about week one multiple. is everything's so spread out, so you get to see all these yeah. games. Where it now like, we know uh, with one caveat, like it, we got to move some of these Saturday games to Sunday. Like Miami, Alabama, who cares about you at at night? Clemson, Georgia's happening. Or, or wait, they're, they're actually doing the day three thirty. Right? Either way, let's get a couple on Sunday. You don't have NFL games. Let's move some over to Sunday. Space things out. I can't have football nonstop Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then just two games Sunday, Monday. G- give me a little more. Give me yeah, a like a more. Texas Tech Houston's in that night window on Saturday. Yeah, give me that. That'd be a fun like Sunday 330 game. Yeah. And then Notre Dame Thursday. <sighs> I agree. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, do you, do you like either of the games Friday night? We scroll up here. Um, because there are some fun ones. I do like North Carolina lane five and a half. That one, uh, we were talking about it on the football podcast. I can't, I can't imagine. I'm I'm fade Virginia tech this year. I just can't. I don't, I don't understand it. So good. We're on the same page there. I don't understand that one, man. So much football. Ah, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be doing that a lot this week. You know, just like ah, football. And also, um, Charlotte as a home dog was one of my trends that I pulled up. Um, I wrote an article KSR like the best betting trends going right now. Charlotte's like eight and two or something. I don't have the number in front of me as a home dog in the last four years or something. Um, so they're really good at home and they're getting points. I wish it was that we're off the key number by a half point. Yeah, they're plus yeah. six and a half at home against Duke on a. Friday night in Duke. Duke stinks. Right. They're they're not going, you know, it, we're kind of waiting out Cutcliffe kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, what, what's he doing? Like, is he, what's he waiting on? Maybe he thinks he has a, a puncher's chance at Arch Manning. <laughs> so he's just riding it out until that happens. And then if he doesn't get him, he'll, you know, can you think if, this. uh, I got a question were... for you, Nick. I got, I was thinking about this right now. Okay. Let's just say Satterfield goes six and six, seven and five, Scott Satterfield. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of in that gray area, not to fire. Cut Cliff retires. Duke calls him and says, "Come back home to Dorm, North Carolina. Come be the head coach." Does he take it? Yeah, I think he would too. He's getting and the hell out of there. The and- optics of that would be terrible. <laughs> Louisville losing their coach to Duke, but I could see that happening. This is his home ground. He knows how to recruit there. The I, I'm still shocked at the lack of care and level of indifference from everybody at the University of Louisville that high school football coaches are just saying, who? What's his name again? Like, like literally saying, what's his name? Radio silence. They were up in arms two years ago when Bobby Petrino wouldn't recruit kids from Louisville. But now it's, it's nothing. I don't understand it. Maybe they've got so many scandals over there they can't keep track of all this stuff. Um, what's happened to them now is what happened with Kentucky and Joker Phillips. Like, it's just kind of a malaise, fatigue sets in, complacency. Um, Joker just stopped recruiting the state uh, pretty much. If they were up against somebody, they would back off. They wouldn't waste their time. Um, And kind of what was the theme of Kyle Tucker's The Athletic article was kind of that Louisville just doesn't want to go – they don't want to spend the resources to battle Kentucky head-to-head in-state. It sounded like their staff doesn't value the talent in-state, especially in the city. Like we talked about Mel, um, like Devin Anthony's going to Wisconsin and Louisville. I don't think they really spent much mm-hmm. time in that recruitment. Jawan Nordington, they just kind of have on a back burner right now. Right. Those just seem like guys at, at player at schools that produce talent pretty consistently. I mean, hell manuals right across the street. We've talked about Mel, how it's just been a Louisville feeder program for forever. That, that seems like a mistake to me. 
I mean, and, and I don't know why you wouldn't go all in, at least even from an optics standpoint. I mean, yeah, they've got they've gotten Minkins and um, Watkins. So, like th- Those are the but only two then, guys they've gotten but, in three but years. since then, they're just not – it's like after that, they just said – yeah. It's it's to me, it seems like he said, screw it. I know North Carolina. We're going to recruit North Carolina hard. And we got some guys on staff with some ties to Georgia. And then we're also going to dabble in South Florida a little bit. And they just said that's – and then we'll recruit JUCOs in the portal. But that and that's it. It's almost like they're not even – No, they've completely resigned to it. I trying, just don't right. – What I don't get, though, is just the people – like there's some people over there, like, you know – the, the sheriff, he's a dingus, a complete moron. But, like, there's some people that are big-time Louisville fans that I'm just – I'm shocked that they aren't more upset about this. And, I'm frankly, I'm disappointed in them. Like, if if that was my program, if if the shoe was on the other foot, then we'd be questioning what the hell is Mark Stoops doing. Yeah. Um, it's just – I think they're just complacent. I think they just kind of accepted what Satterfield is, and they're just – I don't know. But I just worry when you get like that and you and you get to a point where you're like, because what is going like, I'm just going to get the players and I'm going to scout better and then I'm going to out scheme people. And it's hard to win like that. consistently. Yeah. Well, and especially if you don't have. Like that that's a really sh- part of what you do when you build a program is you galvanize the fan base and. Like it, it seems like he's done none of that or even attempted to put in any effort in that regard. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I just, I just don't understand. Like, do you not trust the high school coaches around you to tell you that this guy's good? Like clearly there's players that are good enough to play power five football in the area. I don't understand the hesitation. I just don't. So yeah, like, why are they not? Yeah, that's my question. Why are they not good enough for Louisville? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like that, Vinny Anthony, I don't understand that. Like why? Like, Jawan Northington, like he's he's probably borderline, like he's probably a borderline power five G five player, I would say, yeah. as a prospect. But, but like, why why would I mean he's right across the damn street? <laughs> well, I mean, also they got Aiden Robbins. Maybe they're hesitant because they got him. Yeah, I bet school. that has a lot to do with it. But like, still, I, I how many how many how many guys did Kentucky take just to get their teammate? And you know, like. That's how recruiting works. You scratch my back, <laughs> I'll scratch yours. Yeah, dude, why aren't they? Why aren't he doesn't they, get it. Why aren't they in aspirations? It, it makes no sense. I'm like, happy they have. They it, should but. be over there every like. They should be over there every day, three times a week, whatever. Just kind of like yeah, checking in, just, just talking, you know, whatever. And they're just not even. They don't, <sighs> they're not even over there. It makes it's just it makes no sense. Yeah, like it doesn't get it zero we, zero sense. <laughs> We talked Meanwhile, about it more they're than we should Kentucky, this offseason. They're talking, but they're, I like, love it. Like, you can walk to Aspirations from Cardinal Stadium. Like, we could walk on foot and get mm-hmm. to the stadium from that place. Yep. And they're not even over there. <laughs> and Kentucky is – like, Kentucky's got every – they're getting everybody from over there. I mean, we've had multiple national on-three reporters go over there. We've had more on-three reporters at Aspirations Gym than Louisville football coaches. Think about that. <laughs> they didn't even try to recruit Keontae Goodwin. That kid is going to play in the NFL. <laughs> he is, uh, a and nobody mile cares from nobody your cares. stadium. That's the like I, I get having a coach who's inept. I don't get why nobody cares about it. That's the part that really baffles me. 
Like I would be much more upset. And right now there's only a handful of people. I know. Again, I just think it's just it. kind of a mixture of fatigue and complacency. It just is what it is. Yep. They, um, you know, eventually one day they'll, it's, what's going to happen is one day they're going to look up. The roster is going to be bad, bad. And then your rivals gotten all these draft picks. And then some of them are from Louisville. And you're going to be like, how did that, how do we not get any of those guys kind of thing? Mm-hmm. That's really the thing. I think just, you just uh, you can't I, you can't build a program like that. You just can't. I don't care. You have mm-hmm. to recruit your backyard. You can't just say, "Oh, we're not going to recruit the backyard. We're just going to go and get third tier, fourth tier players from other states." That's not. You can't do that. That's even a, that's a losing strategy. That is not going to work. And here's the thing, too, that like I know this is probably not at the forefront of what they're thinking, but you got it. If you don't get local guys, then you don't even get the local walk-on kids. Those kids make your program better, you know. Like you mentioned, helps, Charles Walker. Well, off, you went to Charles locals, Walker help. off the top. Like mm-hmm. he he didn't do a ton, but he was a solid contributor. David Bouvier. Like Kentucky has had successful walk-on stories where you you're not not all of them are going to do that, but that's something there. And then once you've shown those high school coaches that they can trust you with their players. They're going to send you more guys. It's not hard. It's and just, local fan support, Nick, just people going to games, talking positively about yeah, your program yeah. because there's kids they know that play for you or in your program that they're cheering for personally. And that's also how a way you can create a f- more fans is by doing that. <sighs> it's just so, so silly. Yeah. It's not, yes. it's not going to work. If that's nope. what they're doing, it's not going to work. It's going to fail miserably. Mm, man can't wait to see it happen which by the way that number got all the way up to 10 so something to uh keep your mind on a monday shout out to me for getting the number much lower that'll be a fun way to end the weekend watching the wolf get their teeth kicked in real fun way to end the week uh who's who's vanderbilt got this weekend why am i not east tennessee state oh that's why there's not a line they have a horrible record against uh in season openers, I was ready to fade that, but never mind. Hey, um, look at who's going to win Georgia or Clemson, Mr. Clemson Sports. <laughs> I do think Clemson's going to win. Georgia's just too banged up, and I trust Clemson's coaching staff more. Kirby's pretty wishy washy on some of his stuff, which is Eric Gilbert playing. No, oh, wait, he's, no, they he's said the he's team. not, he's not with the team right now, so, so he's out. Uh, uh just the way they handle things over at George is a little sketch. Yeah, I kind of that that game, Nick. I think the totals at like 52, 51 now, but that first half under feels like the right play. A lot of defense. Just the, how good those teams are on the line of scrimmage, both sides. How good the pass rush is, both sides. You know, JT Daniels got a little bit more experience um, than DJ. Uyagale, but that's, I mean, it's Uyagale's first time playing in front of a full crowd in college. Yeah. Like, I think there's going to be some nerves early in this game. I think both coaching staffs are going to want to keep it conservative. Don't get in a hole early. And then I think in the second half, you can start to see those guys comfortable and letting it rip vertically down the field. Um, But that first half under, like, I could see that being a 10-7 game at half or something like that. Mm, Sounds about right. Good old slobber knocker to – right get things going. What isn't going to be a slobber knocker is Nevada just slobbing cows knockers. Which is perfect. Perfect week one start, man. We get 
10:30. We get the noon game, so we're going to be settled in at home by 5, 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah, and then you get the night action, and then you get the late night action. Nevada at Cal. And Cal, Nick, is historically under Justin Wilcox. They're bad, bad at home against the spread. I think they're like 1-9-1 one, and one under him. Oh, we're rocking the money one. So <laughs> There's Nevada, no doubt about it. Plus 140 to win. Man. Hoo-hoo! Only three-point dogs. Uh, sign me up. Sign me up. Let Carson Strong get out there and cook a little bit. And go out there and cook. Uh, I mentioned how, you know, Georgia can be a little sketch. Well, I can – ULM, that doesn't sound like they're too forthcoming with, uh, well, anything. Yeah, I haven't seen depth chart yet. We we have learned that Rhett Rodriguez, Rich Rod's kid, will be ULM's starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, Phil Still has added some of their transfers from the portal as projected starters. And I've looked up um, from the local newspaper there, Adam Hunsucker does a good job covering the team. He's confirmed like that these guys are on the team, but then I go to the roster and they're just not there. And the, there's no, there's like, there's not bios for a lot of players. I, I, it's, um, it's pretty barren over there. Like, what are we doing? Can we get some, you know, publicize your program a little bit. So, uh, I, you're getting the deep dive from Luckett this week on the scouting report. I've already spent way too much time doing this, oh, I and I right. haven't gotten much information. So, so it's dropping Thursday, well, but uh, there, there, the, Terry Bowden's getting on my hit list a little bit, Nick. Like this is well, almost getting annoying. He could Hawk Talk is going to be on Fox 14 tonight at 9:30 <laughs> p.m. I did see that. So I did you can see watch that. Hawk Talk. Uh, but I've watched three Terry Bowden press conferences last night. Oh, I watched buddy. his I watched his media day press conference. I watched um Sunbelt Media Day press conference and then I watched uh like his introductory for 20 minutes again to see if I could get anything. Got nothing. No, not not a great football team. Uh I think what's most exciting from a Kentucky fan standpoint is you know, I don't think Rich Rod's gonna slow down for anybody or anything. He knows how to coach, and that's with tempo. And tempo can get you into trouble as, as much as Kentucky can struggle with the times like Kentucky's definitely going to give up like a random scoring driver too, because the tempo is going to get like, they're going to get ahead of the chains. UK is not going to be able to sub with like some backups in. they're going to get some scrap, some junk touchdowns or, or at least some junk long drives, especially in that second half, you know, late third quarter, you've got a lot of young guys in, but I can't, I can't see a scenario where they aren't just like having 30 second possessions in the first half. My thing with this game, both teams are playing themselves this week. Like for ULM, it's a new staff, new regime coming off an 0-10 season. You know, you're just looking to get better each week and then potentially hopefully in conference play by the end of the season, you're get to a point where you can actually go compete and beat somebody. But I mean, like you look at their schedule, the season total is like one and a half. So like, Two and ten would be a great year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Then for Kentucky, like you're a lot better than this team, but you're breaking in a new offense. There's some new starters, new moving parts, and we've heard Mark Stoops talk about clean, clean, play a clean game, be game ready, do your job. That's just the goal this week, I think, to get lined up, um, to not need um, timeouts um, because play clock. Um, to not have pre-snap penalties, 
Um, and defensively, playing a tempo team, being able, you know, alignment assignment, getting to where you're supposed to be before the snap, just basically just doing that and doing your job. I think that's really the goal for this week. It's not to score. It's not any of that. Just be where you're supposed to be um, and play football. Because then once you, once you do that, your talent will take over in this matchup. Um, but to me, it's teams are – both those teams are playing – they're not playing the opponent. They're playing themselves. Um, there's stuff that each wants to accomplish – and like they could both, I think, accomplish their goals and be happy with the moment. But even though we know who's going to win the game, and that, that's what just this matchup is, it's really, it's almost like a glorified scrimmage game. Almost, it kind of ah. seems like. And the cats are going to run up the score. Have you have you ch- taken a look at the early weather too? It's not yeah. going to be miserable. It's, it's beautiful. Like, like you could not ask. High seventy, like sunny. High, yeah, high of eighty. And that's yeah. at like three o'clock. It's gonna be it's, chilly, like when you get out there to tailgate for a little bit. Oh man, yeah, you'd be like, "Ooh, this beer, really cold." Like, well, what is um of all of the kind of college football opening weekend traditions that you're looking forward to? What are you What are you most looking forward to? I love just the Thursday night when it's here, and just you have all those games on, and it's like the first time you get to sit down, have multiple games on the screen. Um, it would be that and like combined with like seeing college game day for the first time, I think, even though I'm not probably watching it, but just waking up in the morning or, you know, having it on like mm-hmm. that is kind of, that to me is the best um, having the Thursday night and then the Saturday morning leading into a, f- a full slate of games. Man. And I, I ain't gonna lie, I don't hate the Sunday, Monday, like that is pretty sweet to have that. Bang bang in the week. I, yeah. I'm just looking forward to bouncing around to a couple of different tailgate spots. You know, I have like two or three that I typically go to. You know, we didn't have that last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll grab a beer at one and then right about an hour, 30, 45 minutes before kick, go upstairs and I kind of get into my zone. But it, it goes from like that, 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 that hour where I'm social butterfly to like, all right, let's get into game mode. That's a fun hour. Haven't experienced that in a long time. Uh, as much as I did the let's type about basketball games from behind a computer, I've I've been used to that. Doing that for football, it's not the same. It's not the same ritual. You don't you don't get that feeling, that that vibe that you typically get from the stadium. So I'm just yeah. I'll be very interested to see. Ooh. Sounds like the season ticket sales are in a good shape. They're in yep. good shape. They're in good shape. I think the the little three game pass. I think that's really starting to catch on to people. That's probably the best deal you can get. Right, right. Especially because it's like, hey, I'll show up to the opener in the Missouri game, and then I got one more banked for October. Yeah, I you think you, there could be a chance for a good walk-up crowd. I think because of the weather. Yeah, and tickets are you know twenty bucks online yeah. right now. So I, I was thinking, I was telling um, somebody the other day, uh, one of our listeners on Twitter, actually, you know, like fifty thousand, I think would be a good. You get that in there for this game. I think that'd be a good sign for the yeah. attendance. That's 83, 84% capacity. Yeah, you're going to have the upper corners, a little sparse. Right. In, but in, you, in, in addition to people who are COVID wary, a lot of people, Labor Day weekend, that's just Kentucky football, unless they're playing Louisville, they're going to the yeah. lake no matter I think what. You know, the people that are going out. to the game, so Nick, I think are past that for the most part. Yeah, but I mean, like your general. Yeah, uh, you have to battle the lake for sure this weekend. People that yeah, do that, like, no doubt. Especially with like bringing, like, all right, let's bring, you know, four or five, six people on that you could normally get on a walk up. They're going to the lake mm-hmm. soon right. after that. But we're going to be enjoying the game. We're going to be enjoying all the action on my bookie. Use that promo code personnel. 
when you deposit and order some game days. Ah, I'm 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 actually instead of before the game, it's gonna be after the game for me. Look at mm-hmm. pizza on a Saturday night after a lot of football. That's what you gotta do. Uh that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking when I get home. It's either gonna be pizza or roosters and just gorging myself there when i settle in and drink a couple of bud lights mm. it's gonna be so much fun we're gonna be out there friday night at st x mail for the kroger ksr game of the week hopefully we'll see you out there luck it i've got nothing else you got any more parting words for our friends just enjoy it man like this stuff it's gonna go fast mm-hmm. the season's gonna go fast so just sit in your chair buckle up and enjoy the ride it's gonna ups and downs we're gonna have it all but we'll be here to get you through it all and let's just have some fun and enjoy it we only get this for we get this next stretch for three months out of the year and that's it then it's over and then we work nine months a year to get back to it so let's just let's enjoy it and let's have a good season i'm tired of talking i'm ready to watch the cats will be back on the field saturday at noon against louisiana and rohawks on sec network get over there to kroger field if you want to come say hi we're going to be hanging out gate three a little bit the red kentucky lot. roll call group right in the red lot there on the left side of the stadium if you're looking for nicholasville road so come say hey uh don't be shy we're friendly we don't bite uh and we cannot wait for this football season to get started uh for adam luckett i'm nick roush go cats go kroger Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.